Welcome to the Clunatics Podcast. I'm Kurt Graves. From the very first episode of this podcast, we've been discussing the intense personal relationships that can be created over the internet. The Clunatics exist because we have the technology to correspond over long distances with thousands of other people who appreciate the same things we do. But sometimes, those long-distance friendships aren't enough. And for a lucky few, we've been able to meet in person. Today, we'll be telling the stories of some of these meetings and the fun that can be had when members of our group venture out of their homes and comfort zones. One clunatic in particular has had the incredible opportunity to visit with so many clunatics across the world that we're going to follow her journey. Producer Susanna is going to be the Jane Goodall of this episode. But instead of Gorillas in the Mist, we're discovering clunatics in the wild. Our story begins in a place that exists a half hour outside the rest of the world. A place called Adelaide. So the first clunatic I ever met in person was Jeremiah. He lives in the same city as me and he had been, I remember we were talking back and forth, talking back and forth in the group and he, we figured out we lived in the same city and he said we should catch up for lunch and it terrified me. So for about four months it was him dropping these hints like let's catch up and me being like ha, 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 ha and secretly dying inside because there's no way I'm ever going to get the courage up to meet somebody that I know from the internet. That's insane. Here's Jeremiah, who we met in episode seven. I think she mentioned first asking me, like, oh, since we're in the city, since you're in the same city and not on everything. So I started suggesting times, like, every couple of weeks or months, every couple of months. I'll check in with, and she usually said no, and I understood at the time because she had some other personal things going on, and yeah. <laughs> and then my husband died, and I was in this weird place where like everything was different, and the admins, Mia, invited me to go to Melbourne to meet up with the other admins. I I think just as a gesture of support and, and love and, and all that sort of thing. And I said yes because I was in this weird place where I was just like almost didn't know myself anymore. So, yes, I'll, I'll go to this thing. And I thought I should probably test this out first before I fly to a different state to meet four strangers. We met in Chinatown, I think, because that was like uh, I think it was the most convenient. So you went to this ramen place. We met up for dinner and we just hung out for hours. And I think at one point it was just him. <laughs> we were sitting in a cafe and he was literally scrolling through his Kindle saying, have you read this? Have you read this? And me frantically making notes of books he thought I should read. So it was kind of like it became more real, I suppose. I was actually quite surprised by how she is in person versus who she is online. And I think... If I, t- if I think harder on that, I guess that makes sense. Like in online, she's a very, like, you know, I think everybody will know her, her, how she is online at the moment. She's very spontaneous. She's very happy-go-lucky, very out- seemingly outgoing and everything. But then in person, she's a lot more, like, nervous, I suppose. She's a, very, she's a lot more self-conscious in person. And 
yeah, I, I guess that's the same for for everyone because you kind of have this online persona and just who you really are in person. And then I flew over to Melbourne to meet up with Mia, Elaine, Sita and Lisa. Oh, I can't even, that was terrifying. I think that was the first time my family, my dad particularly was like, so how do you know these people from the internet? And you've met them before? No. So, and he was just like so confused. Like, I don't understand why you would want to meet someone who you haven't met before. That didn't make sense. And I remember the first person of the four that I met was Elaine. And Elaine is so quiet and gentle and soft-spoken. So I think it was just me going up to her and we just sort of sat next to each other and, hey, hi. Yep. You know, it was it was as awkward as two introverts can be, really. But then Lisa and Mia got there and Lisa is just like the sun. She's just sunshine. So it was just like we'd been friends forever. And they both gave me a hug and then Sita got there and I can't remember if I hugged Sita then. That's the thing you would remember. Sita doesn't like hugs. Many of the women in this group joined Susanna on a trip to the States in 2019. And I had to know. So how do you get from that to traveling Hmm. around the world with these people? Uh, Well, initially, I think it was Mia's idea. She said, I want to go to the US and do a road trip. And I invited myself along. Good for you. Because why not? Because I was still in this phase of... I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Everything's changed. I may as well just do these outrageous things. And so then it turned into the Clunatics gathering was happening. So we thought, let's just go over for that and GRL. We'll get to the Clunatics gathering in a little bit. But first, Susanna made a pit stop to visit another Clunatic. My first stop in America was to see Angela. So I flew over. It's basically 24 hours of travel to get from Adelaide to Minneapolis and I think it was actually exactly 24 hours like four flights just absolutely horrible and that was on my own I was at the airport she picked me up and then took me back to her house here's producer Angela discussing that first visit Susanna and I had gotten close via chat through the group through the read-alongs, and and developed a, an intense friendship and it, a fam, a familial bond. She would and I and I interject this here not because I don't feel familiar bond, but because I can hear Suzanne in my head going, oh, "Friend, like not enough. That's not acceptable." And she asked me if she could come and visit me in Minneapolis, and I told her what I would tell anyone. Absolutely yes, absolutely yes. Was that the first time you encountered a clunatic in the wild? No. No, it wasn't. That didn't make it any less harrowing, but it wasn't. Prior to Susanna coming to me in Minneapolis, I had gone on a trip over May and June with Shannon, Emma, and Louie. I flew to Boston and met up 
with Shannon and her best friend Laura and Emma. And we spent a day in Boston and then we road tripped to upstate New York to visit Susan Klein. And then we drove to Niagara Falls on the Canadian side and had the rest of our vacation there. And then because my friend John wasn't able to make it to Lynn's and we knew that ahead of time, Amy Miles and I took a trip together to Oregon, to Southern Oregon, to visit by George Farm and John and his husband Tyson. And it was kind of the same thing. I told you a little bit about it. It was originally set up to be a surprise for an open house, which seemed like a very reasonable thing to do. And then it became a no open house. Now I'm surprising you on your doorstep. How do we orchestrate this so that Tyson knows we're coming, John doesn't know we're coming, et cetera, et cetera. And it turned out amazing. I'm very irritated with how much I love that farm. (laughs) (laughs) So those were, prior to this, those were my two visits. And I should also include Tanya Hess lives in St. Paul, literally across the river from me, 10 minutes away. And we definitely did that clunatic dance of, should we, should we meet? Do you want, do you feel like, do you want to give me your address? Should we just, and we meet regularly. I was one of those lucky folks who was able to make the trip to Virginia to experience the first clunatic gathering hosted by TJ's beta reader, Lynn. I asked Lynn where the idea to host a meeting of clunatics came from. TJ wasn't going to do any more GRLs and we still wanted to be able to have a gathering to get together because the clinics had been talking about that. And at first I was going to set something up in a restaurant in DC and it was going to be an afternoon thing where he came for a few hours and just signed some books and talked to us. That was, it was going to be like small. And then I thought, well, you know, I think he'll be more comfortable if we do it at my house. And I talked to him about that and he liked that idea and just started putting the word out and people started signing up and then more people and more people. And I was like, Oh goodness. But it was fantastic. And I had people staying before and afterwards. We had a group of like 12 of us that got to hang out afterwards and it was just great. The whole thing was, and I think TJ had a good time and I don't know. It was pretty spectacular. It just, met so many great people and it's still staying in touch with them and it's really nice did having people there personally actually getting to meet them do you think that cemented some relationships in any way absolutely you know you put a face to a name and you can sit down and have a real talk with them it's really something special i think we met doc in episode seven and here's what she said when i asked her what she thought of the clunatics gathering crazy and overwhelming and awesome and an incredible privilege. I think as I found for most readers in this genre, people are so just giving and welcoming and warm and friendly. And you're just thinking like, oh, but I'm just, you know, I'm just a fan. Like I'm not a beta reader. I'm not a, I'm not an administrator. I just read the books. And then to come out and know that there was this opportunity to gather and celebrate with people who are like-minded, it's indescribable. And, and to see, I think what's, what's so incredible and, and something that expand, extends outside of, of the gathering in and of itself is just the ways in which people celebrate how they've been affected by the work with just incredible art. 
And when I say art, I'm not just talking about, about the, the drawings, which are epic, but just how his work influences. I mean, people were wearing the We Three Queens bomber jackets that they made. Someone created that board game, incredible. I have never considered myself creative at all, but because of his work, you know, I've I've dabbled in, in some like online scrapbooking that just makes me feel even more connected to the work. And then TJ is hilarious. He's so bashful and, you know, he talks about his anxiety and awkwardness, but he's just a wonderful person to meet. I got a chance to talk with him a little bit there and at GRL in Virginia. And it's, it's so wonderful to have such a heartfelt and sincere conversation about real issues because we all have this foundation somehow just because we read the same books. And I had that experience with TJ himself, but with, with, with other readers, even in the midst of my feeling socially awkward and introverted and feeling overwhelmed because I'm, I'm meeting strangers and I travel by myself. But you didn't drive there alone. Did it? No. You took me over the airport. <laughs> <laughs> and that was awesome. It was. Yeah. So Angela and I flew over for the Clunatics gathering and that was overwhelming. That was when we got there, we got to Lynn's house and it was just all of these people that I'd never, that I knew so well, but also didn't know at all. That was really just emotionally and physically almost like draining but like in a good way but I was so tired that night because it was just weird and exciting and her house was all done up for Halloween as you'd know it was just insane everything was just the volume was turned up to 11 I think I'm super impressed by her family to just somehow allowing uh, this whole group of absolute nut jobs to invade their life for like a few days. But good on Lynn for just saying this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I've got 50 friends coming over and you just have to deal with it. <laughs> Shannon gave me a tattoo. That was fun. Horrible but fun. When I was getting my tattoo from Shannon, I remember saying, I hate TJ Clune for getting me to this point. If he hadn't written those fucking books, I never would have met these people and I never would be here right now going through such excruciating pain. It's all his fault. What is your tattoo? It's a spider web because when my husband, when Matt had just died, Angela had said to me that the clunatics it was like my found family was it was like a spider web because we're all across the world there's basically always someone that's awake and if I was ever needed anything you just sort of like pluck on the web and the vibrations go out and someone will come in to save you sort of thing so it's like a clunatic tattoo sort of that's really beautiful blame Angela and Shannon. Ugh, feelings. <laughs> I blame the quarantine. Here's producer Angela again. 
What was your experience at the Clunatic Gathering? Wow. It was, it was actually a combination. So first of all, I was with Susanna. Susanna had flown to me, and she was with me. And so there was that whole experience of us being together for the first time, which really felt after that initial, like, <gasps> once I picked her up at the airport and held her hand all the way home, and I introduced her to my family, and she just kind of, she formed bonds with my children so quickly, it was terrifying. Like, she could have turned that whole household around on me in a moment. But, so I was spending time, close time with Susanna for the first time. And I knew that I was flying to go and see Shannon and Emma and Amy and Louie, who I already knew I was going to be beyond thrilled to be with, right? But also, all of our admins were coming. Britta and Sue were coming. It turns out TJ was going to be there. Some narrators that I may or may not have listened to four million times in my car were going to be there. And so there was definitely that terror aspect every time it's this, what if it's not the same? What if they don't like me? Heart in my throat, heart pounding. For those who don't know, Angela lives relatively close to me, so we did her interviews in person. I told you before I came here today, even though I'd met you before, I had to pull over and take a few minutes to just breathe through it before I rocked up on your doorstep. Because every time it's this reintroduction to that to that fear. And, and every time it's fine. So this will be difficult and that's okay. And there's no right or wrong answer. If you had to, and I'm making you, pick one moment from the Clunatic Gathering that was your favorite moment, what is it? Can I give two answers? It's me. I know. Because one is personal and one is more more greater group Clunatic. So on a personal level, having all of my peeps, not all of them, but the majority of them, but everyone who could be there was there. Having all of us in the same room was unbelievable. It was, it was surreal. It was surreal in the best way. All of us climbing onto the couch, piling up next to each other, taking pictures together, leaning on each other, that physicality. I'm a very physical person. I came from a very physical family. So having that kind of closeness was unbelievable. Separate from that, from just the friend group component of it, the found family component, I mean, come on, it's got to be the blasphemy read, right? That's the correct answer. That is the correct answer. And you're not going to like why I say that. I first Because seeing Mia live her life was the most fun thing. There it is. That we ever could have experienced. Okay, there. then you get, yes, gold star. That was the correct answer. Because, and I'm coming at from it as being a read-along regular and I've said this to her before, and it was kind of an offhand comment, but you know how sometimes you say something and then you're like, your brain goes, that's true. She was joking about her voice once. Maybe she was joking about her accent. I don't remember what she was joking about, but she was just being a little self-deprecating. And I told her, no, like your voice is my read-along home. And, that, and that's the truth. And so to, to get you and Michael together to read TJ's work and then to have her be narrating it with you was magical. 
for me and probably for anyone else that's been part of the read along because it made it feel it, it made it feel like part of something that we were already a part of and and it, it enhanced it for us the blasphemy reading was a ton of fun and it ultimately inspired the audio version of blasphemy you can hear in this podcast feed featuring Derek McLean producer Johnny Michael and me but if you want to check out the live read we did in Lynn's house, you'll have to join the Clunatics group on Facebook and scroll through the videos. Jay Varga kindly recorded and uploaded them for us. Tanya Hess, who we met in episode 8, and recently participated in our Villains Roundtable, also attended the Clunatics get-together at Lynn's. Oh, when I first heard about the Clunatics meetup, I, I had all different kinds of emotions running through me. Excitement, because... I had become so close with all of these people and the thought of meeting them, actually meeting them in person and meeting TJ. Oh my God. I was, I was like, of course I'm going to be there. And then at the same time, I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't meet these people in real life. So the more I, I thought about it, the more I thought you are going to regret if you don't go. So just suck it up, buttercup and go. <laughs> I thought about how to how to kind of make it how to make it as comfortable as possible for me and so I asked a friend to come along and luckily she was excited to do that so and it also helped that I had also met Angela who lives close by here beforehand so I knew somebody I knew somebody in real life who who was going to be there so it was a little bit of a, a comfort. So actually going there the day of was nerve-wracking <laughs> because I'm, I'm I am very introverted. I have a really hard time meeting people in person. It's I never know what to say. I never know how to I don't do small talk. Tanya isn't the only one who struggles with making small talk with new people. Here's Amy who we heard from most recently last episode, describing what it's like for an introvert to go to a party. And then the gathering came along in October, and that's where I met almost almost everyone I have met online and been friends, become friends with, was there. Britta from Germany, Sue from England, Mia and Lisa, and everybody coming from Australia. Mia is not Australian, but she was coming from Australia. <laughs> So there was that, so that meeting all those people, which me as this extreme introvert was phenomenally overwhelming. Thankfully, my room was actually in the house and I took a break like every 45 minutes and had to go like calm myself down. You could tell that so many of us there are naturally introverts because there were moments where you'd like walk into a room and everybody would just kind of be like quietly facing a wall by themselves. (laughs) Or reading a book. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) I was like, oh, here's a room full of people who are together, but not interacting. And I think that's the way we all want it right now. We just need like yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes of not talking to someone. Conversation is very difficult, but I saw other people posting and talking about how nervous they were and how they felt the same way. It, it made me feel not so alone in that. Not to say that I want anybody else to go through that anxiety, but it just helps to know you're in good company, you know. We were in good company. And that continued when several of the folks who were at the Clunatics gathering met again the following week in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for the Gay Romance Literature Convention, 
also known as GRL. Okay, so that was Virginia. Then you went from there to GRL, because I saw you there as well, just a few days later. Yes. So GRL was mental, but it was lovely. So I met John there for the first time. So that was another, it was, it, this whole trip was just like me getting comfortable, feeling nervous and then getting comfortable. And then, oh, there's a new person feeling nervous and then getting comfortable. And it's just like back and forth the whole time. So yeah, John was another person that I just been speaking to for a long time. And, and you just get through, get into this whole thing of like, what will they think of me in person? Will I be really annoying because this this personality that I have online is really carefully put well not really carefully put together but you know you type things out and then you can consider it before you send it but when you're talking you're just saying it and it's out in the world yep. and that's scary because that, that means they're getting the totally unfiltered version of you and what if they don't like that I suppose what if I don't like them but I never think about that I was going to say, that should be part of the equation, too. Yeah. What if you don't like that? Never, never for me. But, and then we went to GRL and that, yeah, I, that was mad. Did you meet any other clunatics other than Johnny? Yeah, there was, I mean, a couple of them had already been, like Paula and Carol had been at the gathering, so I'd already met them there. There was a girl that I met, Hannah, and she was really nice. And we met on the first, it was her, she was there by herself, which is just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I had to have a support group of like three extra people just to get through it. But, and then we had a photo out the front as well. So there was a group of us there, but yeah, it was just you and the guys really for me. Yeah. That is the highlight of that trip for me was the dinner at your Airbnb. (laughs) Yeah, with Jay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I was nervous before that as well. Because you were going to meet John, my John. But also just spending time with you. Because, like, at GRL, it's just been, like, bumping into you, having a conversation, then splitting off and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be around us for a couple of hours. This is, like, concentrated friend time. I didn't know that we were ready for that. Little did you know, I was already falling in love and planning a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) So long ago. How naive I was back then. Okay, so then where did you go after GRL? After GRL, I went back to Minnesota. So I spent a week with Angela and her family then. And that that was different because from three days I was there at the start, like I think she had time off and so we were just spending time together and when I went back the second time it was just like I was living in her life so she would still go to work and then I was hanging out with her kids at home and watching Bake Off and yeah that was that was weird and different and cool and then I went to stay on John's farm nervous again even though I'd already met John I was like but what if just the whole trip was just but what if what if when it's just one-on-one, then he doesn't like me? But yeah, that was amazing. I was only there for two nights, but I could have spent two months there. Maybe someday we all will. Yeah. Maybe that's the commune. Yeah, I'm sure he would love that. 
Only if we all helped out with the cows. Producer Johnny's farm is becoming a popular destination for clunatics. I was planning a trip there myself before the pandemic. Susan, who we met last week, took a road trip across the U.S. She took the opportunity to meet a number of clunatics along the way, including a trip to visit By George Farm in Oregon. We drove a 1986 Ford Mustang convertible GT five-speed manual. I drove it from Rochester. We then drove across the southern part of the, took I-40, across the southern part of the U.S., and drove buck back up through California. This, the first clunatic I met was Shannon. Shannon made for me Sam of Wilds and his mother, Rosemary. Because in my mind, I was like, this will be fun. I'll do, and I made it a um, special event on my Facebook page. And I invited a whole bunch of clunatics as well as some other personal friends and said, all right, I'm going on this trip. And I would take... I would take the plushies and I would like, I've got a picture of Sam and his mom in front of Graceland. I've got pictures of Sam and his mom and the painted desert, Sam of his mom in a couple of national parks in front of a welcome to Oregon sign in front of the sign of welcome to weed, California. So I met Shannon first and it was delightful. I made a side trip up and met Johnny at the farm spent two or three days there i had to leave i'm sure he thinks it's the weirdest way i've ever, ever left but i was standing there on the farm with bev one of his cows and i looked around and i thought if i don't leave today i will never leave and speaking of john's farm here's amy again I first met Amy at GRL in 2018, where she was practically attached to Lynn, Emma, and Christine. I was shocked to learn that they had just met that weekend as well. She also visited Johnny's farm once with Angela, and all of this led to a revelation that would change her life. And it wasn't really until last year when we were planning the next Clunatics get-together at Lynn's house, and one thing leading to another and me thinking, oh my God, I need to go to Johnny's farm and make cheese. Tell me all about that. Okay. He was, he always in our little group, uh, our little messenger group is like, everybody come work on the farm, come live on the farm, come visit the farm. And the more he talked about it and the more I, I work, this is where I, I feel TJ's pain. I also work in insurance in a cubicle and it's horrible and soul destroying and I've never wanted to be there but it was a job and finally I'm like Johnny I want to come make cheese on your farm and learn how to do all of that so they are actually part of a program that does internships I applied for it and I'm going and yesterday was my last day of my real job and next Thursday I am driving out to Oregon to do this internship for six or seven months. I have left everything. I have left my apartment. I got rid of all of my things. Everything I own is in like 12 plastic tubs. Wow. Did you have any idea when you picked up a book about gay werewolves all those years ago that this is where it would lead? 
I can definitely say no. I had absolutely no idea that this is what would happen. I'm absolutely excited that this is where my life is going. I needed a change. I need something I think that's going to encourage me and give me life. And I feel like this is going to do that. And I am, I will be eternally grateful to TJ Klune for bringing me these people in my life and bringing me to this point with what I, what I call my late midlife crisis. Um, finally finding the thing. Cause I just turned 50 two days ago and I feel like this is, this is the beginning of the rest of my life. And I feel like it's going to bring me strength and courage to keep making better steps. That's a lot of pressure to put on cheese. <laughs> Let's check back in with Susanna. As part of her trip to the United States after the gathering and GRL, Susanna took a chance and went to visit other clunatics in their hometowns. And then I traveled with my mom for a bit. When I was in New York, I met up with Jay and Sarah and Lita for lunch. And I was nervous again, but that was really good. And then I went to, we went to MoMA. So just spent like basically a whole day just walking around, which was really cool. And then Pittsburgh to meet Mona and David. And that was terrifying because I'd actually only become friends with Mona and David. We met David in episode 15 and Mona in episode 12. I oddly enough remember that I was on my way home from Giant Eagle in an Uber and I, know, I saw that I had a friend request from her and I accepted and I immediately got a message. So all these other people I'd been speaking to for years, like a year or at least a few months, whereas David, I started speaking to him because John had borrowed a suit from him and I had all these photos of John wearing that suit on my phone. And so in this weird, totally out of character moment of boldness I decided to add him as a friend on Facebook which I never do and then we just kind of hit it off and we're talking every day she happened to be in America for the Clunatic meetup and last minute kind of decided to make a stop in Pittsburgh well there's a lot of us in Pittsburgh actually uh, and David messaged me one day and he's like I'm trying to convince Susanna to come visit us since she's already in I think she was in New York at that point, which is about a six hour drive, maybe a little bit longer. So he said, you got to do it too. So I messaged her and I didn't think she would fall under all that pressure. So I thought, well, um, I, who knows when I'm going to be in America again. I may as well just go and sleep at a stranger's house. And she was like, okay, I'm coming. We just all of a sudden had an impromptu meetup. And it was fantastic. And it was like, we had known each other forever. And We talk a lot about how clunatics from across the world have found each other through the group, but David and Mona found each other from across the street. So the clunatics brought us together. Somebody had posted something in the group about, tell me, we need good news or something like that. Tell me something wonderful that has happened to you. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start talking in this group because in the beginning I was mostly an observer. 
And I said, I made the move to Pittsburgh. I'm finally in a city I love. I'm finally doing things for me. And David replied to my comment and he said, well, welcome to Pittsburgh. I'm also here. Okay, so there's a Pittsburgh lunatic. So then we went into private message and we started chatting. And when we became friends on Facebook, I realized he had two mutual friends. I was like, oh, how do you know these people? And they're from my old hometown, which is roughly about 70 miles away from Pittsburgh. So he said, oh, I grew up in that town. I was like, you gotta be shitting me. That's a small town. Where did you go to school? He and I went to the same high school. Really? We're, we're eight years apart, so we never got to actually be at the same school at the same time, which I thought was, again, the coolest thing. How the hell did we grow up in the same hometown, went to the same high school, but now we're meeting up because of TJ Clune? It gets better. Yep. So as we kept chatting and, the st- and, and days progressed, I forget how it came up, but we eventually realized that him and I grew up across the street from each other. What? Yes. His mom's house and my mom's house are directly across the street from each other. And you had never crossed paths? Never. But it took the Clunity group to bring us together. I actually um, am from the same area Mona is. We grew up across the street from each other and never met. So it kind of just, you know, worked out nicely. Kind of our destiny, we always joke. I know that in Pittsburgh you have like your own mini Clunatics group. Had you guys met before Susanna came to visit? Yes, we had. So we had actually met the weekend of the Clunatic meetup. I had had tickets and ended up not being able to go. So... We planned the next day to meet, and we went to drag brunch, and mimosas were had, and we formed a very strong friendship from the start. It has been great. We even like tried to do a little book club where we each pick a book, but I repeatedly messed that up and read the wrong book. So I think we've kind of put that to bed. You ruined book club. I did. Is there anybody besides you and Mona? Um, Alicia. And then Sarah Finley, too. Okay. That's a good little group. Yeah, it's nice. It's always, I mean, it's always a fun time. You just, you never leave, like, I like to be home a lot. I like my alone time. I like quiet. So I always, Mona sometimes has to drag me out of the house and kind of tell us, we're guys, we're going to drag brunch. Like, we're going to go do this or that. Like, just, you're coming out of the house. (laughs) So, I mean, you never leave regretting it. You feel... You're almost like kind of ready for the next time you're going to hang out again. If there's anybody listening to this podcast who's from the Pittsburgh area, how could they get in touch with you guys? Oh, they can just Facebook message us or post on in the group on something we've commented on. I, I mean, we'll talk to anybody. So really, I'd say just message. So, yeah, that, I mean, I mean, like when you condense it down, it doesn't sound like much, but for the two months that I was doing it, it felt like a lot. And it was nice being in the same time zone or at least similar time zones as the people that I speak to because normally I'm going to sleep just as they're waking up and they're waking up just as I'm going to sleep. Yeah, there was at one point I was actually considering trying to look for a job that was 
like working nights so that I could be awake at the same time. And I was like, this has gone too far. Yeah, no, that's not cool. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> this, is, this is too much. It's officially a cult when you start changing your life to suit the people. Yes. Although, haven't we all changed our lives just a little bit to suit the other people? Just a little bit. Just yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. So what is it about this community that makes you feel so brave? What is it about this community that makes you feel so brave? If there is one thing that I have learned this year, it is that the Clunatics are inherently brave, incredibly kind, remarkably articulate, deeply knowledgeable, and willing to go the extra mile for one another. We may have originally been brought together by the stories created by TJ, but what we have created is something a whole lot more. We might not quite be a hashtag truthcorn cult worshipping at the feet of the dragon, a la the residents of Tarker Mills. That's a lightning-struck heart reference for those who have not yet delved into the tales of Verania series. But we are definitely a family, created out of our determination to connect at a deeper level, one that willingly engages with other members and even goes to visit in real life. And I know that at the moment, in this weird COVID world in which we find ourselves, that getting together in person is just not feasible or safe at the moment. However, I encourage you to reach out to the fellow clunatics that live nearby and start your own geographic subgroups. You just might find the friendships that change your life forever. And in a post-COVID world, those connections will be more important than ever. Stay tuned after the credits for a brief preview of next week's season finale, a conversation with TJ Clune about his landmark year and what we can expect from him in the future. I'm going to give the final words in this episode to Emma, one of the band of Mary Clunatics I met at GRL in 2018 who first helped me understand the love that exists in this group. My life has changed so much since meeting you all, and it keeps changing. You've cheered me on through nursing school, and are helping me get through this pandemic. I really can't thank you enough. I have a poem that describes a little bit better how I feel about you all, my found family. It's called Heartland. I wish I were closer, and I wish you were here. I wish I could reach out. Your touch is very dear. I wish I could hold you or to walk hand in hand. I wish I could speak to how you're my heartland. I wish I could pop by whenever I wanted to. I wish we could snuggle and never say adieu. I wish I were near you to stay in your embrace. I wish I could tell you I love you to your face. I wish I could kiss you with just more than my voice. I wish you the knowledge that I love you by choice. The Clunatics Podcast is produced by Susanna Frigo, Louis Garcia, Angela Noel Moan, Sita Rajasingham, Mia Skibaris, John Steiger, and me. This episode was written by Mia Skibaris. Special thanks to our season sponsor, Chelsea Verzweibelt. Make sure you're following the Clunatics Podcast on social media. Join our Facebook group and find us on Instagram and Twitter using at Clunatics Pod. All episodes are now available on YouTube as well. 
If you want to support the podcast with a financial contribution, hit the donate button at clunaticspodcast.com. Your contributions for season one allowed us to make a $500 donation to The Trevor Project. Donations collected after July 1st, 2020 will be banked for a potential season two. And please include the name of a charity you think needs our support when you donate. We love The Trevor Project, but we'd like to spread the love. Additional information about the podcast, including episode transcripts and the Clune Speak Don't Be a Dictionary, is available at cluneticspodcast.com. You can find out more about me and my work at kurtreads.com. That's K-I-R-T-R-E-A-D-S dot com. All music and sound effects heard in this episode are licensed by Storyblocks Audio. So some eagle-eyed fans clocked you, the note of the notebook that you shared. You had some a note that said Western, which was not, I, I did not think it was legible, but other people clocked it. Yeah, um, right. It, they did. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that when I posted that picture. It had like E-R-N. Yeah. I was like, 18, how can you read that? Yeah. Well, I think they probably got it because it said 1880s on the top. Uh, above that but I honestly honest to God was not even thinking about that when I post that because I was I was just so happy to find that little note about Cerulean and and post that on there to just say hey this is where it began and look where it is now and the note above it with the the human android asexual that is in the lives of puppets which Mm -hmm. comes out from tour in 2022 so I wasn't even thinking about um, the western thing so of course people naturally glommed on to that because that's what they do. So it was um, not an intentional tease. No, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's just something you do naturally and right. <laughs> it looks like I tease when I don't even mean to tease. It's just so stupid. Natural state so of being. <laughs> right, it is. Yes, there. Hmm. So 